welcome to Screen Tone Club. This is your fortnightly look at manga, episode 99, being recorded on the 5th of April 2022 for release, well, probably tomorrow. Let's see how quickly I can get it out. Probably 6th of April 2022. My name is Elliot Page and I'm joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, Mr. Andy Hanley. How you doing, Andy? I'm doing very well. I'm the flake in the 99. Damn, uh, I'm the little bit of chocolate at the bottom of the Cornetto. How's that? <laughs> We're here with all your hot ice cream jokes this April. I don't know, man. Like It's getting warm enough to actually consider ice cream again. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, as, as I, I can't remember if it was this or another podcast where, where it was interrupted by the ice cream van that visits, visits well, it doesn't visit my house, but, but visits my street on the regular like rain, wind, snow, sunshine, whatever it is, the ice cream van is always here and is always strangely well attended. Like even today, as we record, this was like driving rain and winds. The ice cream van stopped and just, yeah, people piling out to buy their ice creams. So, you know, I guess they they, they know what's going on. I guess the jo- easy joke here would be, ah, that's where the drugs come from. But you know, <laughs> Yes, that's... yeah, that is, that, if, if, if anybody is confused about that, look up kind of like Glasgow ice cream vans and you'll probably find lots of drug-related uh, anecdotes that you can enjoy. Glasgow ice cream vans just sounds like a codename for a technical or something that's got a 50 cal on the back. <laughs> Let's face it. Um, anyway, this is this is turning into a strange divergence. Um, this is your fortnight look at manga, not strange social phenomena, ice cream vans and narcotics. Although maybe we could do a pivot, who knows? Episode 100's coming up. Um, <laughs> we have a Patreon, which we will find out about um, later in the episode, where you can support us um, at patreon.com forward slash screentone club. Um, and as part of that, we have a shout outs tier, where we shout out lovely Patreon backers who support us in an elevated level. Um, this is including Mr. Rob Jessup, uh, the Blue Head Cyborg, and Seegers Gert. So thank you ever so much um, for supporting us. Um, so yeah, straight into the main part of the show. Um, do you mind if I take first stab, Andy? Yes, yeah. Let's uh, let's uh, take take a take a run at this. Damn it! Yeah, I realised I missed that completely open goal there. <laughs> um, anyway, so my pick was "Run on Your New Legs" Volume One. Um, I picked this up entirely on a whim, simply because of the cover page and the cool typography of the title on it. Um, doesn't take much to really sway me these days, and also it's by Yen Press, which means it's on the cheap end on Kobo. So you know, four pound fifty later, I had a copy of it. Um, the author is Wataru Midori, who I've not heard of before, but did a quick dig into their previous um, work. And it appears they do do quite a few sort of shorter works and also a yaoi doujin throw in for good measure. Um, the series is currently complete in Japan at five volumes, um, and it's only got the one volume so far out in English. Um, it came out initially in time for the Tokyo um, Paralympics, uh, back when it was supposed to first come out in 2020, you know, before you know the roni and all that so it's available digitally and physically so run on your new legs concerns um kikuzatu shota who um as you see at the very start he is into football or soccer if you're so interested um he is a damn fine um forward um, he forms a inseparable partnership with his best friend Take, who is tall and spiky, dark-haired, very sharp for looking face. The kind of guy who runs a carpenters or something. And he is really great at picking up long passes and then converting them into sweet, sweet goals. Um, but then he wakes up and in the modern day, and due to an accident we are thankfully spared the like grisly and perhaps long-winded um, extent of, he has had his left leg amputated. Um, just above the knee so he has like thigh and then his socket joint for his prosthetic leg um unfortunately this also means that he missed out on a year of school and got held back a year and so not only does he feel isolated in that he now has a differently abled body quite frankly um he's also at his dream school which is known for its like high school soccer program but that's out of reach now um even though he passed and got in and also all of his friends have moved up a year and also split out to different schools even his best friend take is in the year above but there's now a very large social gulf between them also especially because like their shared activity has been taken away from them and so um kikuzato is 
um, I wouldn't say he's quite wallowing in it, but he's very much dispirited. Like he achieved his dream. He, you know, he did nationals in middle school, and now the thing that he cared the most for has been taken away from him. But uh, where one door one door closes, one door opens. And at one point, he's on the train station with a very very cute um, sort of like um, manager of the track team. Um, who um, Usami, who I call Bunny Chan in my notes, because he is basically a human rabbit. Like he's very, very cute and fluffy. I don't know. There's something about him that feels extremely visual novel um, best friend character. Um, he's extremely soft. You feel like you could bully him quite easily or ruffle his hair. Anyway, um, but he finds a kid who's about to get sort of injured by a closing lift door and he runs like he sprints down the platform to try and help the kid out. He makes it scaring the mother, but also kind of, you know, twinges his leg and kind of makes his prosthesis move about uncomfortably. But he did manage to sprint. Enter Chidori, the slightly creepy looking adult who constantly seems like he's up to nefarious shit, who has gone solo when it comes to making sports prosthesis um, for athletes and has set up a rather sort of rinky dink operation and then engages in a bit of psychological warfare to get um, Shota to join him. And so this kind of opens up the grand vista of sports prosthesis, you know, sort of blade legs, um, as they're called. And the idea that maybe, you know, sport isn't completely beyond Shota. And have you considered maybe sprinting instead? Um, and going into that wide world and they attend an event in Shibuya and Shota, of course, gets himself roped into it because, of course, that's going to happen. He meets a possible rival who is fascinating because he might be a villain or he might be just a rather frustrated dude it's hard to know and so yeah it, this that's kind of where this first volume goes is it ends with a new resolution to pursue both for chidori his sort of um sports prosthesis um concept and for shota his desire to break into sprinting so that kind of took a long way around to get there um and but no i found myself really enjoying this in that it kind of gets to the good meat of it we often talk about the the you know how important it is to have a good intro on these um episodes on these reviews and yeah it gets past that and doesn't you know it gets to the important part like it doesn't spend like an entire chapter in a year like discussing the injury and such it you know it sets this table stakes and then moves past into the current state very quickly in about five pages or so and it doesn't you know it, it doesn't over egg everything and it kind of picks us up at an interesting point where shota has kind of like resigned himself or made peace with his new body state um but at the same time is still you know kind of grinding his own cheek about it and so yeah i found myself very much enjoying this on a second read it felt slightly weird on a reread mostly because some other sort of elements kind of came to the fore in reading but um, I think I've talked more than enough and introduced this. So, Andy, what did you think of um, run, on your, run, on your, run On Your New Legs? Ugh, try to say that three times fast. Yeah, I, I quite like this. I, th- this is a weird one and, and hugely unhelpful for this podcast because I liked it but can't really elucidate in any specific ways on why. Um, like, I feel like this first volume... It almost feels like I, I kind of came away from this volume feeling like I'd watched a solid first couple of episodes of an anime. Like it kind of the way it's paced and timed and the way it, it kind of gets a move on, like you say, it sets things up pretty quickly and smoothly. Like weirdly, this almost feels like an anime adaptation of a manga rather than the source material because it doesn't mess around. It doesn't kind of, you know, go round the houses on anything. You know, there's a lot that's really not said. Like, I mean, even kind of Kikizato's injury and kind of the reasoning for it, it sort of, you know, gets hinted at, but it's not the big salacious, oh, the accident, let's go into this, let's let's show you what happened, or kind of, you know, give really heavy hints at it or anything, uh, which is kind of, you know, a lot of other similar series don't really go that route, you know, they, they like to kind of titillate with the sort of, you know, the 
the psychological horror almost of like you know this sort of accident that's you know left him in this the situation that he is whereas this series really doesn't matter like it doesn't care about that it's more interested in the characters and sort of the journey um and i i think i really appreciate it for that and all of the main characters in this kind of work to push that forward like Kikazata as you say he's not again your typical protagonist in this kind of situation who he's not kind of shutting himself in at home of like ah this is it my entire life is over like you know he's getting on with stuff like he's sort of not quite come to peace with the idea that a lot of the things that he wanted to do with his life are now kind of, you know, not really possible as, as, as far as he can tell. But, you know, at the same time, he's kind of like, well, you know, I've just got to do, just got to get on with it, you know, just got to kind of carry on my normal life and see, see what comes of it. Um, and then as you kind of, you know, as it introduces more characters, they all kind of work and they all slot quite well into that framework. Like you get, um, uh, Mitsulu, who's like, you know, the rival character who, like, he's the very stereotypical kind of like anime, like, frenemy character, but like, it works. It's like, yep, yeah, okay, I'm into this kind of rivalry slash kind of, you know, probable burgeoning friendship between these two. Like, even though, like, you know, th- the guy's clearly like a jerk and the end of this one, he makes it very clear of like, nah, he's a bit, bit of an asshole. Um, and even kind of, you know, the, the prosthesis, like, um, Chidori is like, like you say he looks creepy like he is kind of creepy in pretty much everything he does like he's kind of problematic in the way he goes about this whole thing from pillar to post but he still kind of fits okay within the cast and sort of as a as a foil for everything that happens and so i feel like this is just a really proficiently crafted and paced out manga and it's kind of you know it doesn't do anything that's kind of crazy you know opulent or anything where you can like point at it like you know i know like a series like freyren that we talked about recently where it's got these really deep kind of narrative points that you can like point at and be like look at this it does this really fascinating thing like it doesn't have anything like that but everything it does do it does well and it does it with kind of care and attention and it does it with characters that you kind of get invested in in pretty short order for whatever reason and it all just works and it all just sits together and i think that's kind of why i came away just being like yeah this is this is pretty good yeah i feel like as you say the strength of it is that it doesn't dwell on you know the accident um like it isn't like it spends 10 10 pages with like haunting backstory or haunting flashbacks to a truck or something it's just no we're we're telling the story about what comes after and so that's what we're going to focus on and I think, you know, you mentioned that, you know, Chidori is a creep. He's he's very much like a sort of a smiley, smiley um, guy who seems extremely hacky-go-lucky, but also kind of a bit of a manipulator. Like, he does a huge bait-and-switch with um, Shota, um, trying to get him to, like, sign up formally to his, like, slight, as I say, rinky-dink, um, going-it-on-my-own sort of um, prosthesis course. Um, and it also kind of like it has quite a bit of exposition to sort of um, inform you about like para 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 athletes and prosthesis and other sort of things and you know just the mechanics of having a, a an over over knee prosthesis and it kind of slots all that lot in kind of easily I think mostly because it finds ways to do it from multiple different characters like as mentioned Usami the um, the very sort of cute can't leave him alone uh bunny chan who as i say is a manager for the track team and even you know kind of says hey it'd be nice to have you on the track team you're a nice guy you know he's again very adorable um and so you have and then you of course you have chidori giving his own angle on stuff and you know also when he turns up suchia um the rival frenemy asshole at starbucks character um who is frankly i think fascinating because he is a classic sort of pretty boy perhaps an asshole um he has fans already um who we meet you know kind of in the last chapter when it introduces a bunch of side characters who may or may not be more important as things go forward um so you know it's kind of interesting that it's already like hey para athletes have groupies too check it out um so yeah you have this interesting sort of layout and Maybe Tsuchiya will turn out to be a complete and utter asshole. I mean, he completely demolishes that water bottle. Um, but we'll see. He's, he already, I don't know. He, I kind of can't hate him because he seems like he's an interesting character on his own. Um, 
but yeah, you get a very interesting combination of characters. So it kind of feels like each character is custom hewn and fit to fit exactly where they need to in the storyline and in what they need to accomplish. And as I say, yeah. like the old middle school friend Take shows up once or twice and both times it's like, oh shit, you know, this th- this was supposed to be their thing. And that's kind of cool because, you know, he's obviously going to be something um, to worry about in volume two onwards. The preview kind of already kind of very quick, very heavily lampshades that, oh, what's their relationship like now? Shit. So it kind of balances it doesn't wallow but it also doesn't completely sort of um blow past any kind of internal like thoughts and you know stresses but it does move it always feels like it's moving positively and uh running in the right direction i suppose oh, sorry <laughs> yeah yeah and i mean yeah I, i'm really interested to see what they're going to do with kind of take's character like because yeah like you say you don't see a lot of him in this volume but when you do you know <clears throat> it's flashing the big sort of neon like you know future problem sign um that suggests that yeah that's that's going to you know come to the fore in some shape or form um and this is also an interesting series because it is, this is by no means the first series to do this, but you know, you get that early thing from Chidori of being like, Oh, like you look like you have a, the potential to be a good runner. Like, you know, you've got good form, et cetera, et cetera, all of that stuff, but it doesn't go straight into what you might expect where, you know, you get this kind of race at the end that he sort of gets, you know, co-opted into like, Hey, there's this event in Shibuya, you know, they're, they're kind of showing off, you know, Paralympic, you know, para athletes. Why not join in? There's yeah, somebody dropped out, and the, the the scene is set for him to somehow like either win or come close to it, and it's like uh, you know it's going to be the big like oh my god you know he's a genius you know a running genius in waiting, and now you know now it's been revealed to the world, but no like he falls flat on his face, uh, which is like also doubly interesting because it's through no fault of his own. It's it's kind of like a just like yep yeah, this just happens sometimes. Um, don't worry about it. Um, and that, that whole bit works really well of kind of building up and then crushing expectations for like the reader in that moment. It's really good as a kind of show of Kikizato's, Kikizato's character where, you know, he's not, he, as much as he's embarrassed to end up on like their big jumbotron TV screen, like with the bloody nose having fallen over, like he's not, again it's not a a point where like character then shuts himself in his room for like a week because he doesn't want anybody to see him he's just like well that sucked on we go you know and so it kind of it's a really good setup of his character and then every again everyone else around him kind of fits in like you know like a glove as pieces of that jigsaw puzzle around that whole scenario and that that was almost sort of that self-contained moment is also almost kind of exactly how this series works in microcosm because it's like you can kind of see all the the pieces just fall into place and it just feels kind of effortless um and in a way like i'm 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 interested in, in the future direction because i think to Go back to my anime comparison. This feels a little bit almost like free, like Iwatobi Swim Club, which is sort of a series that does similar things of like, you know, it sets up all these rivalries. It sets up kind of barriers for characters and then has them, you know, either break them down or sometimes just bash up against them and be like, nope, this is, I've hit my limit. Um, and it sort of, it has that similar feel. And, and also, you know, it, this does feel like a series that's going to be set up for every, four or five volumes in. Everyone's going to be buddies. We're all just pals now. Um, and I'd be perfectly okay if it goes down that route. Like it kind of feels like it's in a place where that's sort of workable as a like, you know, we're still, we're still rivals in, you know, on the track, but outside of that, you know, we, we get on, we get on just fine. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really interested to see what the kind of direction of travel is as, as, the series moves forward yeah i yeah i think the race is perhaps one of the smartest things in this series mostly because it means that neither character really loses um like suchia who is you know already kind of you know letting his like asshole flag fly he gets to win and kikuzato falls on his face and gets kind of embarrassed by having a giant nosebleed on a jumbotron and so no neat so he doesn't lose and so he doesn't end up need because he gets carried over the line which is actually kind of a nice touch um but it kind of helps that like he doesn't get 
beaten as it were because he was still in the race even though he was losing ground so it's the sort of thing where it's like oh this is a really smart way of not just completely demolishing either character and you know lifting them both up in some way and so i think that's a really fascinating part where you know him falling on his face due to completely understandable reasons um where everyone afterwards goes oh yeah shit we should have thought of that um yeah that really works for me i think that's a really smart way of not burning its like narrative potential especially when it comes to him and Suchia. Um, so yeah, I think that's really, really smart. And as you say, like everything kind of just slots nicely into place. And the one thing, I, I mentioned this on our Twitter feed even, I got some very nice responses, but the thing about this series for me is that looking at it now, I think, damn, there's tons here you could run with. Um, ugh, there's tons here you could go with of just, you know, the characters and the setting and the, the fact that the goal of the the, set, the stated goal of wanting to become a parrot athlete and go further is a very high and lofty one there's a lot of road here like i was kind of shocked when i found out this only had five volumes i thought man this has like the internal strength and also the potential to go to go and go um frankly like it could go you know kind of like some other sports manga where it goes for volume after volume after volume um but to find out it's only as felt five volumes is well you know normally i complain and worry about series going on too long but in this case it's it's more the fact of like oh you i think there's some dynamite here and you could run with this and you could elaborate on this as much as you like and kind of you know take your time with it like, I don't know, I don't know, but the first comparison point I thought of was Hajime no Ippo, um, which is not available in English, but, but yeah, that, that goes on for like high tens, dozens of volumes, perhaps to its own detriment, because it will spend volumes upon volumes on a single boxing match where the same exact thing happens every time. But, you know, I was kind of shocked at how this was only, quote unquote, only five volumes, but I'm really interested to see what it does with those five volumes. And I'm certainly in, in the tank for it. Um, and it's nice to know it's all complete so maybe hopefully it'll come out like at a rapid clip because at the end of this first volume i'm kind of eager to see what comes next yeah yeah and it, it is surprising because yeah i mean I, I think pretty much any kind of sports series is always well set up to run for as long as it wants because you know it's you can always find new rival you know a new rival appears the, the, the whole thing with that and yeah you know when you have any sports club or team you've always got a whole multitude of people and interrelationships of you know a group that have kind of been forced together you know via circumstances of just you know happening to be in the same club or, or team or whatever um so it's always like ripe for rich drama and yeah like it, it's weird because yeah you look at this first volume and kind of pretty much every character we've mentioned you could probably give them a volume in their own right of like, hey, let's explore this character. Like, what's the deal with them? What what are they trying to achieve? What are the obstacles in their way? What what are their hang-ups? You know, et cetera, et cetera. Like, even, even Isagi, you know, as much as he's just kind of the cuddly toy of this volume in a lot of ways like he's also like there is an interesting underbelly of like what's his deal like why is he this friendly to Kikazato in particular like you know it, it is there is there a story there is there more to that character um so yeah and like clearly yeah with with that fewer volumes it's not gonna go there with a lot of these characters in any great depth which is fine like you know i think they've got a protagonist you can do plenty with um but yeah it, it is it is a weird one because it does feel like it could it could just keep going for as long as it wants yeah for sure um i must admit i while it's not like um no, while it's not perhaps best in best in the world but i did enjoy the artwork um i think it does a lot of really good work especially like it does a lot of important work with like detailing the prosthesis obviously and doesn't shy away from showing like the um socket uh for the uh, prosthetic le prosthetic leg um and also you know it, it gets the mechanics of it so you understand and you can kind of see how it affects even on a page by page basis or a panel by panel basis it shows how it affects locomotion and the characters look cool i mean i i mentioned this at the very very start because my second time reading this i got strong like yaoi vibes from this in a weird way where it's just like damn this this character buffet you've laid out is basically dripping with shipping potential which maybe is a sign that my brain has been poisoned somehow um but you kind of have like a number of different archetypes just ready to go here if you wanted to pivot it into being you know yaoi doujin sexy time um it also doesn't help that the main character has a 
really thick eyebrows, which for some reason are weirdly sort of just whenever I see them, I glom onto them immediately and go, oh, shit, he has the giant eyebrows. And, you know, Chidori also himself looks conniving and, you know, has like the whole closed eye look type thing. Um, so, you know, you can kind of see some strings of that, which is fine, you know, but I did enjoy the art and especially like, I feel like it puts a lot of time and effort into musculature, um, especially in the main character and also in the rival character. So you get, you know, you get a lot of like, not like, it's not like golden camoey levels of check out this guy's chest hair and barely, barely covered dong, but it's more a case of, okay, no, these are athletes. Like they might be young, they might be youth athletes, but they're still athletes. And so check out these finely sculpted legs and uh, not leg. I suppose. So yeah. yeah, I did enjoy that. And it you know, it has some nice panels um with like, you know, the char- the characters, you know, in the starting blocks and Shibuya and it has some very nice backgrounds, like it very carefully details them. And so, you know, I I would definitely say it's not a slouch in the art department, either backgrounds or characters, quite honestly. So yeah. it kind of look it kind of looks a treat as well. Yeah, yeah, I definitely, yeah, the character designs in particular, and I, I think that's probably partly where my free comparison came from as well, of, like, it, it, it has that very self-knowing of, like, hey, this is just a bunch of guys, you know, just, just living their lives, whilst almost simultaneously kind of nudging and winking to the viewer of, like, yeah, but I bet, I bet, I bet, I bet these guys would, like get it on with each other right right who would who would you ship like it, it knows it knows exactly what it's doing but it also has the restraint to be like no just serious story you know what what are you talking about and it manages to to carry both of those things at, at the same time um and yeah I, I think the thing that particularly impressed me as well was was also I, I mean again you get to the end of this page this book and you've got a whole page of like special thanks for researchers and individuals and you know companies etc cetera, etc cetera, that clearly helped out with the whole kind of prosthesis side of things and how that works and how it looks um and all of that stuff does feel like it, it felt right from the get go of like this has been research this isn't just a like i know i found a picture on wikipedia and just guessed that was it um like it it is very it it feels like it's had some care and attention and an understanding of like if i'm doing this i've got to do it right and i feel like right down to kind of the physics of the running like you know i i mean you know i i've not clearly been in this sort of situation or or to be honest have known anybody that's had to 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 have a prosthetic leg but like you know when kikazate tries to run on his like normal everyday leg and kind of you know struggles with it there's a feeling of kind of weight and imbalance and and the like to that that just sort of feels right for that situation that it's just like you know just not quite it's a little bit off kilter you know it's you're, you're doing something beyond the bounds of what you're supposed to be doing uh with that prosthesis and and those little touches a just help to bring the story across and like especially as it as it kind of you know pertains to chittery kind of cropping up with his suitcase of just like hey let me show you what you need um which you know is is kind of hilarious but continues to be creepy um but you know it, it puts that side of the story across and it also just gives you this this feeling that like you know this this is a considered piece of work it's not just again much like avoiding the whole like oh the accident kind of you know storyline it's it's not it's just it's here to try and be as accurate as it can be while still being an entertaining character driven story and and i can definitely appreciate it for that yeah i think it fills in enough of the gaps especially like on the prosthesis and sports science and it kind of gives you enough to get out of its own way while also you know it it makes it all very fulfilling um series as a whole i believe because it gives you you know it doesn't treat you like an idiot and it also doesn't hand wave away stuff and it as a result it gives you a very fulfilling whole of okay i feel like i understand a bit more now and i know the stakes and you know as i say like you know when um kikuzato's um trying to do some jogging on his like normal like everyday prosthesis even though it's you know static panels it really gets across the like as you say the awkwardness of trying to actually do that on something that really isn't really made for that and it's kind of it's it does it really well like just because you can kind of fill in the in-between panel bits and it's like oh this works so i feel like it as you say i think it it's well researched but also it's had a lot of consideration on how to use that research and you know 
obviously you know it's not it does it sometimes has a nice little bit of um, exposition and a bit of an info dump on you but it never outstays its welcome and it's always pertinent to what you what you are watching and reading and what is coming up next so it always as i say it goes by at a very nice pleasant clip and yeah it was a pleasant surprise when i read it um hence why i wanted to talk about it on this podcast um also like um mentioning and also like as i say the the last chapter really sort of like primes the pump with a lot of different characters showing up who look like they're going to just be secondary characters but there's like oh there's other people here and you know the world is wider than what we've set up so don't worry there's more to come so really kind of really interested to see the rest of this um honestly yeah yeah i'm I'm definitely i I think i'm i'm on for reading some more of this um and and also kudos and some commiseration to the author for like clearly the the only sort of you know obvious real world touch point for this is like well i guess i've got to mention oscar pistorius and then oh i guess i've also got to have a box out that says like oh yeah also did some not so great things but let's talk about running eh and uh it's like a very unfortunate like you've not got the quite the clear role model you wanted of just like hey here's here's your real world you know analogy to what we're talking about here yeah, I kind of appreciated the little box out going, uh, which yeah. you know, I think, I think without that would have seemed extremely suspect. So. Yeah, I, I, I almost tensed up when I saw that kind of panel arrive and like, are, are you gonna, are you gonna address the elephant in the room here or is it just gonna be, you know, what I feel like some other series might do of just like, well, you know, let's just ignore the other thing that he did. Um, but no, like at least it's very out there of like, look, this doesn't really matter in the context of what I'm talking about right now, but also, yeah i get it that this is also a problem like please just bear with me on this and it's like yeah that's probably the right tone to take there yeah for sure and also it has a very nice like reference to um like sport you know sort of para athletes and their prosthesis makers being an f1 team and i was like woohoo f1 (laughs) in manga and it also has a very nicely drawn um picture of a pit crew servicing an f1 car which on its own must have taken god knows how long because those things are clunky are weird as hell um so yeah another sign that this author does their re- or you know this author and their assistants do the research because damn <laughs> yeah for, for, for sure also where is where is our f1 pit crew sports manga like surely that must be a thing somebody must have made that I would hope so. I don't know. I when I was doing searching, there were some other sort of sports manga which um, were about para athletes with um, sort of leg prosthesis, including one that was all caps titled "Blade Girl," and I'm like, oh shit, it's the female version of the Vampire Killer Blade. Oh no. Oh well, this is as good as good as well. So yeah, I don't know why I keep seeing references to the movie Blade recently. I think someone's trying to tell me something. Yeah, I, I I feel like yeah that that's definitely a thing I've I've seen as well. But yeah, I mean that that is also kind of an important point because you know Japanese media in general does have sort of not really an obsession, but there is a whole like strand of kind of like disability stories in Japanese media, and a lot of them are very twee and ill-conceived or ill-considered in various ways. So I think it's always nice to kind of look at uh, titles like this that where it feels like it gets it right uh, and it you know it, it doesn't it, it's not just a kind of like oh you know the the, the poor person with a disability that needs to be saved etc etc like you know there's there's a lot of you know agency to the main character here and like we say it's really it's clearly been researched and it's sort of it's it's always i i always have a kind of slightly worried feeling going into any kind of piece of japanese media like this of of whether it's going to be one of those that kind of you know strikes completely the wrong tone so it's it's always nice to see one that that gets it right and kind of feels like it's it's doing the right things yeah, I feel like as we said before, like I think the the special thing to shout out is the the number of names and people they talk to in the um, acknowledgements. It's like, oh, you you clearly wanted to get a comprehensive view on this, so you talk to a lot of people about this. So it wasn't just like single source direct like oh that's fine so you know the fact that there were quite a lot of people involved and you know multiple people in the same sort of arena like it's clear the author wanted to get like a very comprehensive view on this and so yeah i i'm i'm pretty bullish on this and i'm looking forward to the next volume um and honestly if it's five volumes unless it does something real bad i'm going to be in the tank for the whole thing um because yeah it's, it's felt really i'm glad i just picked this up on a whim because it felt like a real like a real 
good, a real banger, frankly. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely one I I, I saw kind of a, a number of people on Twitter sort of posting about and just sort of mentioning it without any sort of specific reviews, and it just it, it had that vibe to it of like this seems like it should be really promising, and it's always nice when you get to something and find that it actually is promising and that it's not just you know a big letdown. So yeah, I, I'm definitely uh, definitely happy to read some more of this as and when it crops up. Cool. Um, anything else to mention on Run on Your New Legs? Nothing from me. Hey, Elliot here, just interrupting this episode to let you know that Screen Tone Club is supported by our lovely listeners via Patreon. Doing this helps defer the cost of buying the manga we read for the show, keeps the show ad-free, and also gives us a lovely little ego boost. By supporting us on Patreon, you also get monthly bonus episodes. And if you support us on the $3 and up tier, you get to vote on what we cover on these bonus episodes. To find out more, please go to patreon.com forward slash Club. Uh, sign up today and you get full access to the entire back catalogue of two years plus of bonus episodes. Uh, whether you're a subscriber or not, thank you very much for listening. And now, back to the show. Okay, so moving on to our next pick um, for this evening is, well, an author we have talked about at length um, on this podcast. If you want to take us away, Andy? Yeah, so uh, this is the latest uh, kind of uh, one-shot single volume affair from uh, Nagata Nagata Kabi. Um, uh, She of uh, My Lesbian Experience with uh, Loneliness, uh, etc., etc., who, as mentioned, I think we've covered basically all of her kind of English-published works on this podcast in the past, um, mostly with kind of glowing reviews. And so, uh, yeah, I I wanted to check out her latest work, which has just come out, uh, My Wandering Warrior Existence, um, which... I, I will say from the get-go, like, this, 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 um, book kind of starts with the author sort of basically giving a, a very Japanese bow to say, like, hey, thanks for joining me, like, especially if you're a new reader to my works, like, I hope you enjoy it. And I will say, I'm not sure this is, and I feel like I said this about her previous book as well, this is probably not a good starting point for this author's work. Like, I feel like you have to go back a bit further um, to kind of be on this journey with them to see where they've come from uh, and kind of, you know, where to, to reach the point where this this volume is. Um, where, where this particular book is. Because, in, in, ge- in a general sense, you know, uh, all of Nagatakabi's work is, is very, um, you know, it, it is, it is basically very deep kind of self-analysis and mostly, you know, the, the author getting herself into something of a sticky situation, you know, as it pertains to her sort of mental and or physical health as she sort of, tries to figure out you know figure out her life basically um and sort of as a long-term follower of the author the nice thing about this volume is it's way less fraught than everything we've had up to this point you know we've had alcoholism um you know you name it it's you know it's it's been it's been a, a rough ride um and we've sort of seen uh, seen them overcome all sorts of difficulties uh, whereas this volume really, t- to quote the Hadaway song, it's really just a guy to be asking, what is love? Um, and it kind of starts out with, uh, she gets to go to a friend's wedding and she has this overwhelming urge of dislike. Just once I want to wear a, a wedding dress and I want to be photographed in a wedding dress. I want to, I want to see what that experience is like. Um, and she does all of that. Like there are places, of course, there's a place in Japan where you can just go and get photos in a wedding dress and get, you know, made up the sort of, a, you get a bouquet, the whole, the whole nine yards. Um, and like her mum loves it, which is like great. I'm glad you enjoyed it. But she comes out of that experience feeling really empty and realizes, Oh wait, it wasn't the wedding dress that I wanted. It's like, the the romantic relationship it's the being in love with somebody which i've never really experienced um and so most of this volume is really kind of a a not massively intense but kind of slightly meandering sort of journey through her trying to figure that out um in terms of what what she wants what is it she's actually looking for what what does this whole love thing mean anyway um and there are some really good anecdotes in here like you know she joins a dating website and is very careful to let everybody know about all her negative points because that is probably the most Nagata cabby thing that could ever happen of just like you know what i need to put on this dating site all the things that i you know people might say are wrong with me um and nothing positive just to make sure they know um and 
and, and and is then shocked to find that she's still getting a bunch of messages and likes from people and matches and she's like well clearly i've not been you know explicit enough about all of you know the issues with me um so he fills in even more of that and then gets even more messages uh before somebody finally kind of clues her in on like no there are guys that see that and is like oh great well that means i've got a chance so i guess i you know i guess i'll send them a message um important to note is that that revelation only comes like years after the fact (laughs) yeah yeah and and you know there are some really good moments like that um and yeah like i i enjoyed this but very much as a kind of like you know checking in on the author and seeing how they're doing you know i i feel like as a standalone if this is your first experience with that author's work you'll probably get something out of it you'll probably get some enjoyment out of it but i think it's not this I feel like I was not sort of educated or made to think about things differently in quite the same way as I have been with the author's previous work. And that is in some ways a relief because it's, you know, this is, is very kind of light touch in comparison. You know, the, the end of this book is basically like, yeah, actually, I'm just, I'm, I'm doing good as I am. Like I've moved back out, you know, I've got my own place again. I've kind of, the big revelation really is that I've learned to love myself. Like it's the first step to, towards finding somebody else that might like me is I actually kind of like myself now and I'm willing to, to give myself, you know, a, a less rough ride. Um, and so this was almost more of a kind of relief of like, no, I'm glad that, you know, we haven't had any massive kind of, you know, spirals into any particular issues here. Like, you know, everything falls on a pretty even keel. Um, but by the same token, that does make it slightly less interesting as a piece to read um, because there's not quite the same kind of, you know, this, the same insight and introspection perhaps as, as some of her previous works where things have been far more desperate and have required that kind of introspection in the first place so uh so yeah this this for me is kind of very much like yeah i would recommend this to people but only after you've read at least some if not most of the author's previous works to really to really follow that journey in full yeah i'm i'm kind of with you i feel like this is very much like a a kind of a top-up um almost like it doesn't sound real stupid but it sounds like a, it feels like a fan disc almost for Nagata, Nagata Kabi and like it comes off I don't know this is gonna sound extremely cruel but it comes off slightly thin as a result I mean the completed volume was eight pages short of being a book as it were and so you get a little sort of post story um from the author which is quite nice um about the importance of having a giant fridge um which is kind of hilarious it's got four times the capacity of my fridge which is like whoa hang on there i thought you barely barely ate anything lady yeah as as somebody who who moved into a house and now also has a big fridge i was like yeah high high five nagasa gabby for the 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 big fridge life i'm I'm with her on this Yeah, to be fair, I could I could have done with a bigger fridge. Um but um and freezer especially, gotta put ice cream somewhere. Um yeah, I as you say, like this is not a good starting off point, I would say, for the author's works. Like I think, you know, my lesbian experience of loneliness is still the like number one with a dot. Um perhaps uh, alcoholic escape from reality being a second because it's quite self contained. But it's it's very strange where it tackles some interesting themes and the first chapter does prove to be an interesting bouncing off point for you know this sort of the author's yearning for something that she then comes very a cropper on because i don't know i feel like uh, as with a lot of the things it's like oh like the author is is not equipped with the tools to handle modern life and expectations and emotional burdens and then kind of comes a cropper and has to spend a volume like digging it all out at the same time like i feel like the uh, while not wanting to be like someone who is digging for suffering i suppose and you know obviously wants the author to be happy so that's at least that at least this one leaves you on a high note and you know a positive message i would have liked more digging into some of those in between aspects like oh you've you've made a huge jump in between these chapters like you were kind of like circling around a lot of big questions about gender identity and um self-identification and then kind of dispatch those very very quickly and a lot of things kind of just get left behind as a result and i know this is cruel again because it's an autobiographical manga but like chapter six is basically recanting a piece of author email which came in and which is good but also is extremely thin on 
kind of visual panache. And while it, I don't know, like if this was a fiction, if this was fiction, we'd be moaning about it being Deus Ex email or, you know, a chapter full of words rather than actually showing you anything. And the fact it's an autobiographical mangle makes that a rather icky sort of thing to try and do. And I'm not going to, I'm not saying that directly, but I, you know, it's very awkward. And I feel like, like I still enjoyed my time. Well, I liked reading this. I enjoyed my time with it. I felt like I'd got something out of it, but at the same time, like, it feels very much like a top up on the author's previous works and while satisfying in its own right to a mild degree i feel like it didn't really have the same level of panache or incisiveness or forgive me for the five dollar word but the verisimilitude and the sort of clarity around what it was tackling where you know it kind of touches on a lot of big stuff and comes away like positively i suppose unscathed but as a result, I found it kind of flat. I mean, part of it also, frankly, is the fact that, like, uh, at the risk of being taking, making it about me, I suppose, where, you know, the discussion about the, the dating app stuff, I'm like, oh, that's exactly what I did. Shit. Like, I now know why and also why these things are so fucking terrifying um, and some of the other hang ups I personally have. And so obviously the story is less interesting if you're reading it and just nodding along going yeah uh-huh that's how it is uh-huh uh-huh and there's and that's kind of it like it's a bit strange that quite a lot of this book i just found myself going yep it do be like that and then at the end of it i'm like oh okay you you learned the lesson that's important to learn in this situation so at the same time i feel like it kind of didn't get to dig um but again uh, ah, like it's a rather strange thing and another thing that makes it kind of weird as an actual checkup on the author is that they mention um, drinking and sort of um, eating disorders. And I'm like, but wait, I thought you weren't drinking anymore. I thought we had an entire book about this. What the fuck? Like you weren't drinking, but apparently they are. Um, but hey, there's, I suppose that's the problem where you start to have like almost a wiki like knowledge of the author's own life through their autobiographical manga, which I suppose is one of the things they feared themselves early on. So oops. Um, but yeah, I, I found it interesting and it had some nice nuggets in it, but it wasn't really the like gleaming, shining gem that previous works had been really. I, I, as I say, I feel like it's very much a top up. Um, I don't know if that's all sounding a bit crazy, Andy, to you or. No, no, I, I think, yeah, like it, it does feel more like kind of, you know, uh, an, an update on, hey, here's how I'm doing. It's kind of, you know, it, it's kind of almost the difference between, you know, the, the, the long, like having it all out, here's everything that's wrong with my life kind of phone call you might have with somebody versus the quick five minute catch up of like yeah i know this this thing's weird but yeah i'm doing all right and it's sort of you know this felt very much like the the latter and it's it's a bit like you know i mean as, as a former sort of critic it's like it's the same in the same way that it's easy to write about things that are amazing or things that are terrible when things are just okay it's really hard to find things to say and this almost feels like the author's kind of like actually my life is okay um right now there's not really anything that you know i i can dig into in a particularly sort of deep and meaningful way and i i feel like that is almost kind of you know topped off by that whole kind of deus ex email that you mentioned because yeah it, it feels very much like yeah I'm, i was tack you know rolling all of these questions around in my head then i read this one email and it was fine and it's like that's that even suggests that even the author's kind of desire to interrogate her situation had maybe like waned a little bit and was you know had just sort of found a bit of an even keel having had sort of an obsessive focus for a while of just like yeah i guess that explains it that's fine you know i'm not it, it's sort of an interesting touch point where you know you'd have thought that that might have then brought on like another set of questions or kind of something to to follow up on that but instead it's just very accepting of like okay well this this one person's view of what kind of romantic love is and how it might come about i guess that's it i guess that's the solution um and that's sort of you know again as 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 good as that sort of email perhaps was like it's not that that is still just one person's sort of life experiences which doesn't necessarily you know just just mesh across to everybody um so yeah it's it, it is i i think kind of looking at it almost as like a fan book is kind of exactly what it is it is that check-in on the author and be like okay yeah there's you know there, there's some stuff of interest like you know when when Nagata Kabi like really 
goes to town like trying explaining like her thought processes or how she feels about things like that is always the most insightful thing of, of of their books for me because it you know it's so it's always so difficult to get inside somebody else's head and understand how they how they feel or how they view a, a subject or whatever it is especially when it's it's around stuff like you know kind of gender dysphoria or etc where you know really unless you've experienced it yourself like i think it's impossible to truly understand what it's like but you know so i really appreciate any author that can get me part of the way there of understanding that and i, I feel like there's there's nothing of enough weight here to be to have those kind of instructive moments of like okay now i sort of i understand what this process is like or at least you know have some some touch point and some kind of way of of understanding this so i i think that for me is sort of what makes it feel a bit lighter by comparison because yeah it's it's not even so much as a like yeah this is stuff i all i already know because it's still you know hearing somebody else's viewpoint on it can still be interesting but there's not anything here that kind of open my eyes to anything and you know that's compared it's almost you know the, the problem is it's compared to such good works that came before that, that that are so incredibly good at kind of describing the various kind of you know travails of the author that this was just like yeah okay sure that's that's cool good good to know that that's that's where things are at yeah i'd say it's definitely like it it falls definitely on the side of interesting but not like breakthrough incisive perhaps um especially like you know because the, the start the interest the the, the on ramp of the initial story is fascinating of like oh wow this is a whole experience you had and then it transitions into the like smaller like chapter essays on things and that works but each one comes off feeling a little bit thin um and there is also like a, a content warning a halfway through for child abuse which is kind of like a back like a kind of a like a, a discussion of um, past abuse on the part of the author and it's very much a case of like oh fuck like that's that's pretty intense but also in a very dry fashion i think the most distressing part of that entire thing was the fact that then they had to deal with their entire like primary school life having it dredged up every single year and used like as a teaching aid by the school which sounds like it sucks yeah yeah um, i mean that 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 is kind of yeah almost weirdly like the most notable part of of this story because yeah obviously you know the the whole kind of situation is is pretty harrowing but then the response to it of the various authorities, like, you know, so basically, you know, her, her mum quite rightly took took her to the police to report the crime and she basically got yelled at for like why did you go off with a stranger which is like not the correct response to that situation at all and then yeah like you know the school then again the the, the general right correct intent of like well you know we should let all the pupils know to be extra careful and to be vigilant blah 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 but then they all just like na- name her by name as like this is the person it happened to which just makes her this weird sort of like you know curious for the entire school of like oh well what happened to you and it's just like that that systemic societal failure of all the kind of adult you know points that should have been protecting a child who'd been through an ordeal and watching them all completely like flub it and do exactly the wrong things is kind of like a particularly it, it just piles more kind of shock and horror over what is already a horrifying incident to have to to describe um and again it's is kind of you know it, it is also the thing that i think you know is what makes nagata Kabi such a, an interesting author because you know she is willing to open up about these things in you know mm. a public domain and that must be e- even you know committing that to paper like must be an incredibly difficult thing to have to do like even on top of you know compared to discussing you know gender or alcoholism or anything like that seems like something that you know i, I think very few people would be able to do in the way that that this author does um and it's kind of you know that's the kind of thing that makes a sort of somebody to watch because you know you can you can get these these sort of life experiences as lived by this person in what like you say it's a very matter of fact way it's kind of always quite emotive but that almost kind of makes it more powerful and more valuable in a sense because it is just about relaying like hey this was the experience and like i think there's probably there's probably some real value to be had 
for people from that in terms of like you know understanding what that is like from you know a child's eye view and how important the right response is to that and that that was that is probably the this it's, it's absolutely horrific to call it the standout moment of this volume but like that was probably the most sort of you know important part of that story of the whole thing in a sense uh, partly to, to you know i guess understand you know parts of the author's character but just you know again a life experience that thankfully a lot of people don't have but you know for those that that do you know understanding what that is like um and so yeah stuff like that is kind of you know why i i will continue to keep coming back to anything else this author puts out to to, to see what what they do next um of which you know hopefully is just a book about her, her fridge because that would mean she's having a great time um but uh, we, we will see yeah i can't find the listing for it but i believe the next like work is a food manga um i i saw a chapter of it on bookwalker at one point but it seems to have vanished my google food maybe is a bit weak but i think it was like a food manga so with of course a very um kind of gross um crying while eating image on the cover so the but yeah, I, I I fully agree with you. And also I think that there's maybe like an entire sort of secondary industry that could be made of like essays or manga itself called How the World Failed Nagata Kabi, um, which maybe would be a bit exhausting for them. So I don't think we'll see that anytime soon. But it does, it definitely feels like the sort of thing of like, oh, there's an entire like huge bracket of stuff here that you know nakatakabi like is kind of lampshading or pointing towards uh, being the structural problems that made make her life hell in places um and then leads to this frankly fascinating unpacking so uh, um but yeah i i feel like this is like a more even though i complained and saying oh it's not as incisive but i think it is still I think this book is worthwhile for like definitely the more uplifting like message or like personal realization at the end. Um, although again, it does make you feel like you're kind of like just watching this like chia pet grow almost. Um, but yeah, I, I, I came down, you know, I, I still liked this, but I definitely think that her previous works are stronger for both good and ill reasons. Um, and so, yeah, I, I hope the cooking manga does well or the food manga does well, because that sounds like the sort of thing I'd really like to read about, like, you know, sort of depressive Bakako Zake or something. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm frankly in for that. Um, I can't really think of anything else to mention, quite honestly, Andy. No, no, I, I think likewise. And I mean, again, sort of, you know, I, I feel like there are, there are points in, in this book as well where I feel like you can, you can very much chart the progress of her kind of art style and artistic ability. It's like, you know, for, for the most part, it's very much about being sort of, functionally expressive of what's going on in very clear terms but there are there are some panels here where it, it feels like I, I forget the exact example because i stupidly forgot to write it down but there was at least one panel where i looked at it like oh you kind of went to town on this and actually you know th- th- there was some real sort of craft and artistry above and beyond you know what you maybe would normally do for this kind of stuff in there so it, it does feel like there's some sort of you know there's some progress and growth in terms of that as well which is you know kind of a, a little thing but sort of nice to see especially you know if the author is branching out to writing about their fridge as it sounds like they actually perhaps are yeah for sure cool um so yeah that's been uh what is it my my wandering warrior existence um um, of course, the one sort of side effect is that this has a banger of a title and also a really good cover image of like the like slightly bizarre looking wedding dress um, yeah, caricature. So real A plus for style points at the very minimum, I suppose. Um, so, yeah, um, that's been our picks for this episode. So um, what we're talking about next time. So, ooh, OK, you've picked something interesting there, Andy. Um, so I've picked up something that I'm kind of I want to I want to hear what you think about it, Andy. So I'm going to inflict it upon you. Uh, but my pick is um, volume one of Happy Kanako's Killer Life, which is by the author of Suradura Children. If you remember that comedy nonsense. And Andy, how about you? Okay, that, that's I, I, I'm intrigued by your choice. Now you've, you've thrown those references in, um, and yeah, as, as kind of I, I guess a, a series of fortunate events, if, if you'd like. Um, I was kind of flicking through the um, the Shonen Jump app because I hadn't really looked at it beyond ca- keeping up with a couple of series for a while, and realised that. 
I should really read Witch Watch um, because uh, it is from the author of Astro Lost in Space, which I've not read all of the manga of, but I really, really love the anime adaptation. Which Watch is- had an anime. <laughs> uh, yeah, the anime is terrific. It is really good. Um, and uh, Witch Watch itself is getting an anime adaptation that they're just starting to tease. And it's a very pleasing name to say. I quite like saying Witch Watch. I'm sure we'll get it wrong at least once in the podcast. So we'll have a bingo card or something around that. Um, but yeah, I picked Witch Watch Volume 1 because it, it, uh, it, it looks like it. It could be a lot of fun. Yeah, I've been reading this weekly on the Shonen Jump app. So, um, yeah, I'm interested. I'm, I'm looking forward to talking to you about it because, yeah, <laughs> it's a weird series. I mean, yeah, although I, I've been reading it for longer than one volume one. But hey, anyway, so um, moving into close down. Um, thank you ever so much for listening. Uh, you can find the website and all the rest of our previous episodes at screentone.club. If you like the podcast, please consider telling a friend about it. Uh, word of mouth is still the fastest and best way for podcasts to grow. Um, tweeting, maybe, on the new Elon Musk's trademark Twitter.com, I suppose. But uh, You can find our Twitter feed at Screen Tone Club. Um, you can find our email, which is show at screentone.club. Um, I, myself, am Elliot Page. You can find me at Elliot Page on Twitter. Mostly, again, posting cat pictures and also discovering that um, a side character's love story has a new volume out, which I have insta-bought during this recording. Um, so look forward to returning champions on that, I guess. And Andy, how about you? Yeah, you can find me on the Twitters at Hannah's1979. Grant. And from both of us, um, thank you and good night. Bye, everyone. Bye.